This is called Advent. If you're new to church this season, it starts on December 1st and runs right the way through to Christmas Day. But it's, it's a season of waiting. It's a season of where we posture our hearts, not like we don't know what we're going to celebrate on December 24th. It's not that. But it is this weighted expectation of not just what Jesus has done, but what He will do ultimately to His future return. But we, wait our, we posture our hearts in this position of waiting. And we're going to spend an entire month together in one single verse. Now turn to the person beside you and say, great, I've always wanted to do that. Well, Merry Christmas to you. We've always wanted to do it too. So Luke chapter 2, verse 11, here's the verse. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so for the month of December, we are going to spend all of our time in this one verse. We're going to read some other ones, but we're going to dive in here. And so let's start today with the first five words But most importantly, let's start with the first three words. Because if you don't get the first three words, it's not that the other ones don't have significance, but there's something that could happen if you don't get the first three words. Because these first few words in this verse, if you can receive them, everybody say if. If I use intentionally this morning, if you can receive them, they do hold transformative potential. Because as Pastor Lori was sharing just a moment ago, every single one of us is unique, yet every single one of us is also similar in this way, is that each and every one of us are given the same amount of time every single day. We do not live the same circumstances. Our circumstances are different. But because of our shared humanity, we are all given invitations into various things. Now, they don't come looking like invitations. They, look, they just come like bids. They just come like these little pulls for our attention and oftentimes our affection. There are these invitations that we have into, as Pastor Laurie said, fear or discouragement or anxiety or a big one in our culture today is busyness and hurry. And so we have these invitations into stress and they're loud And they occupy our hearts and our attention and our mind. But then there are these small whispers of God alongside of those other invitations that are inviting us into living into a different way, into a different rhythm, living for a different king to see a different kingdom. And they are these invitations, again, that they're they're not marketing, you know, commercials and they, they don't have all the pizzazz. They just come in the form of whispers and invitations that we don't have to live a life of hurry, but of rest. Not one of stress, but of surrender. And there are these invitations, again, because for unto you is an extremely important first three words in this, in this verse, because every single one of us are surrounded by stuff. It's interesting. Have you ever in your life wanted something? Can I see your hands, please? No matter what it was. Come on, come on. Just, you've ever wanted something. Isn't it amazing that when you want something, you see it everywhere? When you want something, you see them everywhere. It's amazing. They were there and you don't see them, and then all of a sudden it's like you bump into them and they're there. So our lives are full of stuff, and stuff could be a house, it could be a car, it could be a new phone, whatever it happens to be. And man, 
You've got a good phone in your pocket, but you want that next phone. You want that new phone because that new phone is 0.2 seconds quicker. And you know what you'll do with that 0.2 seconds? Nothing. But you believe that you'll do something significant with it. And if I only had that. Do you know the average Canadian pause? The average Canadian touches their mobile phone 2,000 times a day. To the person beside you and say, that might be a problem. <laughs> That's not what we're preaching on. That's just a free factoid for you. Okay. So it can be stuff. Our lives can have stuff all around us. And here's what's amazing. If you're human, is that sometimes we can look at other people who are getting stuff and we're not getting the stuff. And if we get the stuff, then our hearts can be in a different place. Like, have you ever had the distinct privilege of bringing a toddler through Toys R Us? Oh, what a joy that is. Because everything that they see, they want, and they just have no understanding of finances whatsoever. And so you, as the one who should be in authority, hopefully it's you, you have some authority, you have to give them these words of grace that dash their dreams. And the word is no. No, you can't have that. No, you can't have that right now. And it's their heart breaks. And then there are some of you who your story is maybe no one has ever said no to you. And you live this life of entitlement. May you hear the words for the first time from your heavenly father, not me. No. They are good words for our soul. But our lives can be surrounded by stuff. And again, sometimes we get this stuff and we think it's going to satisfy longer than it does. And other times we don't have the stuff, but other people get the stuff and that causes issues in our lives. But sometimes it's not stuff at all. Our lives are also surrounded by stories. It can be people that you may be here and you have your heart and your affection on this individual and you want a date, you want a spouse. You know, you want, for some of us here, it's, we just want one more conversation with somebody who's no longer here. So it can be stuff or it can be people. It can be achievements. It can be promotions or dreams fulfilled or, you know, acceptance to college or university as grade 12 students are all beginning to apply for the upcoming fall. It can be wrestling with future, all these things. But it can also, our lives are surrounded by desires of a, maybe a better relationship or a better friendship, a, a better marriage, a healthier marriage, a richer one. Um, a desire, maybe you use a parent for your kids, or maybe you're as kids and you've got a desire for your parents that they finally get whatever it is that they need to get. You know, as Lori said a moment ago, we have the Christmas banquet coming up on December the Friday the 6th, that's this week. I had the distinct privilege of taking my daughters on a date, dress shopping. Oh, what a day it was. We made a big day of it. We, went, we, we actually parked at Blair and we took the LRT and there was, it was perfect because it wasn't Monday to Friday. It was perfect. And we went all the way to the Rideau Center. We got out and let me tell you something, third service, we went to every store in the Rideau Center. <laughs> every store. Oh, it was amazing. It really was. It was really precious. And they tried on dresses. And as a father, I said, no, 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 no. No, no, no. 
And then they tried on other dresses, and they were like, yes, yes. And I said, absolutely no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Do me a favor. Can you touch your toes? Okay, don't do that. Do that in private. You can't, don't, don't do that. See, see? You can't even see, right? And so then I picked them out, some of these things. I, I, as a dad, I picked them out, these dresses. And they just looked at me like, I said, just humor me and just try them on. Like, so one of them was, was buttoned up to here, and it had sleeves to here, and like, you know, and so they come walking out like, and I was like, we got it, we're done. We're not done. It's still ongoing. But it was precious. It was, that, that had no point at all, not at all. There's no point other than sometimes maybe as a parent, you have to say no, but it was, it was a beautiful day. But we all have these desires all around us. Our lives have all these stories, these invitations. And just because all of this is all around us, sometimes, though, it feels like it's all around us, but it's always just out of reach. Like it's all around, and other people seem to be getting it, whatever it is. But for me, I don't seem to be getting it. It seems to just be always just out of reach. And because that can be true of our stuff, we can also begin to see God in that way. And if we are not careful and we get our eyes on other people and we chase that rabbit down the hole of comparison, the only gift waiting for us on the other end of that trip is a discontented heart. But in life, whether it's with stuff or people or achievement or just desires or dress shopping, there are always these seasons of waiting, always these seasons of waiting, and it's the posture of Advent, of Christmas. Because sometimes the heart of Christmas is having the courage for you and I as followers of Jesus to stop looking at everything that is around us. And have the courage to see who is standing in front of us, inviting us into a life of love, a life of grace, a life of truth. See Jesus present in our lives. Because what gives a gift its power is when we make it personal. You know, what is wrapped inside is a blessing, there's, there's no doubt. But the heart of a gift is not just what the gift is. It has significance. It can say things. The heart of a gift, though, truly is the front to tag found on the front. And that's where these first three words come in to play. Because the words that we are reading this month were given from God to you. For unto you not just the person sitting beside you, but you. You see, in the original Christmas story, there were groupings of people that really reflect all of humanity from time that began to where we are today. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, which is this verse that we're going to ground in for the entire month, that these words were spoken to shepherds. Everybody say shepherds. Now, shepherds were interesting characters. Shepherds were thought of more as the working class. So they are absolutely present, but often overlooked. They weren't kings or they weren't 
priests. They were present, but they felt overlooked. And so there is this from, to, tag, Christmas gift that we see in the Christmas story that when the, angel, in the, in the angelic hosts appeared to these shepherds, and it says that they were in the fields guarding their flock of sheep at night. So in other words, in the midst of the mundane, God shows up. To those who everyone else would often overlook, God sees. And there are many people today for a variety of reasons who live their lives either being perceived that they are overlooked or they are overlooked. The reality is it doesn't matter how we judge that feeling for them and that reality is real. And the heart of the Scriptures for them or for you, if you're here today or you're watching online, is for unto you like shepherds, again, who have been overlooked, present but feel invisible, that for unto you the gift of Christmas is not something that's just around you, only accessible to these people and these people or perfect people or people who don't make mistakes or these upright people or uptight people if you see us that way. No, 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 no. The gift of Christmas is that for anyone and everyone, for unto you. It's also for wise men or wise women whose wisdom is not found in only the intellect that they have. You see, we live in a world where we have as much information available to us as we want, but it doesn't necessarily make us wise. That we have connection like never before, but not necessarily community like we so desperately need. And so wise men who, in the story, the original story, their wisdom was not just in their intellect, but their wisdom was found in their courage to go on a quest for deeper truth. And it is my prayer that if you're here this morning, that your wisdom is not just your degree or your education, though we celebrate those things. They are good things, but they're not ultimate things. No, I pray that you would not be your functional Savior, that you would be wiser than that, that your wisdom and your heart of wisdom would actually cause you, like the original story, to seek for ultimate truth that is greater than just personal truth. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. In the original Christmas story, there are stories of kings who in fear, everyone say fear, whose power and might was unquestionable, but much like it is today, it was then that it was built on a facade of fear, because at the mention of a new king, at the mention of a prophetic king at the mention of the birth of a new king. Kings and kingdoms began to shake just at the mention of the name of Jesus. In the original story, as you know so well, the original Christmas story shows that for unto you shows up to an unwed teenage couple named Mary and Joseph. It's this paradox, if you can see it, that God cares so much about us, but yet seemingly doesn't care about our reputations. Like if I was writing this story, I wouldn't have Jesus showing up to unwed parents. I would just say, let's not not have that loophole. Now, I understand in what I'm saying by that, and then I'm discounting a very significant truth called the virgin birth which is quite significant to this story. But the reality of it is, 
is that God sees and loves and doesn't overlook, but sometimes to fulfill His purposes is willing to place our lives into uncomfortable places so that we can learn to trust and depend. As Pastor Lori said a few moments again, that sometimes the invitation into a greater story takes you and I having courage to accept it and to maybe upset temporary stories to engage this grander story. So today you might not have a house or a spouse You might not have a promotion or an undeniable purpose. You might not have X, Y, or Z, but the start of our Christmas season starts here. For unto you, God so loved you. God so loved this world, the people of the world. God so loved you that He gave His only Son that whoever, everyone say whoever, Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Because of Jesus, much of faith in following Christ is coming into an understanding of who we are in Christ, regardless of all these other things that we may or may not have in our lives. The stuff, the people, the relationships that could be good or broken, and all of those things in all of our lives that you need to know for unto to you means that you, from God's perspective, from your heavenly Father, are an adopted child, that you are not just tolerated, you are wanted by the God of the universe, that you were created on purpose, for purpose, that you can be forgiven. Sinner, yeah, but absolutely forgiven, and then growing to be more like Jesus, that you can be in God's grip, that you can be a a liberated slave from sin to become a servant to righteousness, that you can be be renewed day by day, that you you are gifted, that you're called, that you are compelled by God to make a Jesus-sized difference in the world in which we live. This Christmas season, can you really, really see God's for unto you? Not just the person sitting beside you. So you may feel like a shepherd overlooked. This Christmas is for you. You may feel like one that is a wise one who is on search or on a quest. May you find yourself Discovering not just subjective truth, but ultimate truth in the person of Jesus Christ. And you may have zigged when life called you to zag. And I want you to know that God is not just good, He's amazing. That His redemptive plan didn't stop at your misturn. I've said this before, this is an old preacher quote. How many of you, once again, how many of you have a smartphone that has GPS in it? When you have that on and you make a wrong turn, what does it say? Rerouting. And then what does it do? It reroutes you. Some of you have more faith in your GPS's ability to reroute your direction than you do the God of heaven to reroute your life. You can trust God. That if you zigged, he already has provision for it. That there's not just one way to get to be the person that he has created you to be. That he is not just a planner. He is a master planner who has knows all things. Your zig did not catch him. 
by surprise. He has provision and purpose even in this place, perhaps of pain and misalignment, that he can use it for good because he's just that good. For unto you. Two words as we close. For unto you is born. Why is that important? Well, is born is a revealing, but it is not a beginning. See, some today might be having a hard time receiving what we're talking about, that you keep hearing me say, for unto you, for unto you, for unto you, but all you can see is what is right in front of you. And your life might be marked by more what you don't have or what you didn't do than what God has done. But let me take you all the way back to the Old Testament to a prophet by the name of Isaiah. Did you know hundreds of years before the arrival of Jesus, God was already working on a rescue plan? Did you know the Christmas story doesn't start in Luke? It starts in Genesis. Genesis chapter 3 says that one day, everybody say one day, says one day after sin entered the world in Genesis, way before Luke, if you don't know the Bible, way thousands of years before Luke, it says that one day that there would be one who would show up on the scene who would crush the head of the enemy. And in the process, the enemy would fatally wound his heel. It's also talking about the cross. It's talking about Jesus. But the first promise in Scripture is a promise about the Christmas story, about the person of Jesus. That hundreds of years before the arrival of Jesus, God is working on a plan. I'm not a rocket scientist, but here's what I know. Each of our four children have birth dates, and I know the dates, and I know which kids they're assigned to. That's a good thing. I may not know their teachers, but I know that, okay? I know that, but here's what I also know. The day of their birth was not the day of their conception. The day of their conception happened about nine months or so prior I don't know what that day was. I know it was a good day, but I don't know what day specifically that was. Because I went to Starbucks that day. I'm not quite sure what you were thinking, but okay. But my point is simply this. We just sang it a moment ago. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. The story of Christmas is that God doesn't only work in the is-born season. Now, there are is-born seasons. There are seasons where the miracle manifests. There are seasons where salvation occurs. There are seasons where what has been worked on springs forth to the above ground, so to speak. There are these amazing new seasons in God, and we celebrate those things. But how many know that He is equally the God who is working in stillness? He's the God who is working in silence. He is the God who is always working. And for some of you, that could be 
be a friend, a coworker, an aunt, an uncle, a mom, a dad, a son or a daughter who doesn't know Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today that when you're thinking about them, God's always working. He's always working in their story. He is always trying to reveal Himself to them. Why? Because He's a God who knows them and loves them because He's a God who created them that you and I have to embrace that is born for unto us is born. Yeah, there are these seasons where things are born, but there are also seasons where God is working in the stillness of life, and that's part of the Christmas story. And so this Christmas, don't miss the great gift that Jesus still shines in all the darkness. In life, this Christmas, you may not get the gift that you want, and that can be hard. I'm not minimizing that. But each of us can receive the greatest gift of all, which is Emmanuel. God is with us. And so healing might look like a supernatural miracle. Healing can also look like a, a future hope in a God who promises one day to make this pain new. In the waiting, God is with us. Why? For unto you is born. Freedom may look like no more struggle. Or freedom may start with a confession that creates a mess before there's a miracle. He's not just the God of the miracle. He's a God that works in the mess. For unto you is born. And surrender may look like salvation. Or it may look like having the courage to come to church for the very first time or for another time. For unto you is born. Darkness is real, but it's just the backdrop for a new dawn soon breaking forth through the power of His Holy Spirit. So don't let the busy this Christmas season rob the merry. May we be the most generous people. May we be the most joyous, not artificially joyful, but may we be genuinely joyful. When you're in a Horton's line that's 19 people deep, remember, this is our season, as Pastor Joyce would say so eloquently. So turn that frown upside down. Have courage. When you get to the front, buy the coffee of the person behind you and make their day a little bit better. Why? Because you and I have received a gift that changes not something, but changes everything. We may not have got a house or a boat or a car or a phone. We may not have a date or a spouse. We may not get the promotion. We may, but we may not. But our hope and our life is not rooted in those things. Because what we get 
person of Jesus Christ far surpasses all of those things. Why? For unto you is born.